Welcome to Dogma, the podcast. It's with me, Mike Graham. And me, Kevin O'Sullivan. It's about his dogs, about my dogs, about your dogs. We'll be doing it every week, occasionally with a celebrity guest. Welcome back to the second ever edition of Dogma. This is, of course, the best dog podcast you can find anywhere on the internet. And it's me, Mike Graham, and it's him, Kevin O'Sullivan. Kevin, uh, I think the first one went down very well. Uh, so I'm delighted to say that uh, they've allowed us to do a second one. <laughs> Indeed, uh, the dogs uh, are all set to go. Uh, I, put, I teed up at the end of the episode one the story of my dog back in uh, Los Angeles, mm. uh, which is a bit of a shaggy dog story. But shall I tell it? Yes, I think you should. Absolutely. Okay, story goes like this. I think it was back in 1994, 95, 94, I think it was. Is that was when the, the earthquake was? Blimey. The famous, uh, notorious earthquake in Los Angeles, which yeah. my wife and I suffered. Yes. Uh, now, a, you a, lived a in night. like West Hollywood, didn't you? Yeah, it was an, it's a night I don't wish to repeat. God, mm. it was awful. It happened about four in the morning. Right. Suddenly, you're woken up. Or you're, not, you're not woken up. You are throttled into consciousness by this... Just enormous noise. Uh, the whole house going up and down. We we were being literally hurled sort of four or five feet into the air, back right. onto the bed. You can see the windows sort of uh, quivering and the walls, you know, masonry coming out. So it was a hell of a night anyway. And then, so when the dust settled the next morning, of course, Los Angeles was this scene of devastation, yeah. you know. Um, I mean, did you know the, immediately at the time what it was? Oh, yeah, yeah, because you, when you live in L.A., when you live in California, earthquake preparedness is battered into you. Oh. Uh, of course, there's all these rules that you have to apply. You know, d they say uh, don't light a candle because there won't be any electricity and the gas could be leaking. Do not uh, walk barefooted around your apartment or house because right. crockery and glassware may have fallen on the floor. Of course, I, uh, when it finally ended, it took about a minute and a half mm. Uh, you, and you think during the middle of it. It's the, by the way, it's the loudest thing I've ever heard in my really? life. Yeah. And then when, when you come round outside, you, you, obviously it's the middle of the night, and you, you, all you can hear is car alarms, yeah. uh, weird uh, cables, electric cables arcing. So you get this blue electric light across right. the sky, plus loads of car alarms going on and uh, dogs howling. Right. Uh, uh, anyway, so... Uh, when the dust settled the next day, the story started to emerge. You know, a million people have been made homeless. Uh, there were, uh, they thought at the time there were hundreds of deaths. I think, thankfully, it came down to about 60 in the end, but right. loads of very bad injuries. You know, houses, uh, apartment blocks crushed everywhere. Um, and then it emerged as the week went on, this very strange week, when, by the way, for about a fortnight, the, the earth, after a big earthquake, never stops moving. So it's like, imagine walking on the sea, if you could. It's the whole, your whole life you are mo moving on, on this rippling pavement, rippling floor of your apartment. It's really weird. Yeah. Anyway, so the message then goes out, uh, apart from the fact that there's a million people made homeless, there's 100,000 dogs in Los Angeles wow. have also been made homeless. And they are all running around because they've... they've broken out of their homes in fear and they've all been rounded up or a big proportion they've been rounded up and put into pounds uh, various vets and uh, and there was a huge appeal when out um can you give a dog a home so henrietta said we've got to give a dog a home i said well, we can't live a, give a dog a home you know we, we're sort of british people living in america and you know this will be too permanent She's and are all these dogs it. like wandering the streets or what yeah yeah they were yeah um 
looking very confused and it was very upsetting. So we went to a couple of pounds. You know, obviously, obviously, by the way, I lost that argument. Uh, so we were going to get a dog. Went to a couple of pounds. And it's a horrible thing to have to do that, but you 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 feel very heartless mm. because you're looking in you're looking at a sort of twenty thirteen year old Great Dane, and you think, oh God, I wish I could give that. I just can't, you know. Yeah. So you have to make these rather harsh decisions. And had either of you had a dog before? Oh yeah, I mean I've had dogs all my life. Okay. Uh, Henrietta too. Um, oh well, let's talk about all those as well. That will give us yeah. another five or six podcasts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't get onto my corgi <laughs> when I was a kid. Bron, blimey. Anyway, she saw an advert in the LA Times which said oh, this vet uh, in Beverly Hills mm. had taken possession of quite a few dogs. So we went there, and I just said to the girl behind the counter, I said, "Well, which one do you want to get rid of the most?" And she brought out this uh, crazy little thing <laughs> that sort of like wagged his tail at yeah. us like mad. Uh, took a piss on the floor, right. <laughs> and then we walked him, her up and down uh, the uh, thoroughfare there for a bit. And I just said, "Well, we'll, we'll take this dog if you want, you know." So th- that was it. And so I called her. She was a girl. Uh, I called her Stanley because <laughs> just because I like the name Stan. Okay. And, uh, and, and was she, she like a, a sort of a, a crossbreed, a mongrel, what? Uh, yeah, she was. She looked like a sort of a, a dingo dog. She was like a okay. very wild kind of a dog. Right. She was a great little dog. You know, I mean, really funny. Yeah, I remember seeing uh, pictures of her. Yeah, in the in the great tradition of Kevin O'Sullivan dogs, not perhaps the uh, best trained dog in the world, <laughs> not perhaps the best behaved dog in the world, but full of affection, totally loyal, very very funny. Anyway, so we had we had the dog. Of course, as you do, you become besotted, and you know we loved the dog. We took her away on holidays and things like that to the mountains right. and the beach. And anyway, and then came the time for us to come back to Britain. Uh, after about 10 years, we came back just at the turn of the century, 2000. And, of course, we had quarantine laws. So we had to, first thing we realised, we booked two uh, seats on the plane for me and Henrietta. Right. Uh, getting Stan back uh, cost twice as much as both of us put together. Yeah, and, and were you able to put her on the same flight as you or not? Oh, yes, but down in the hold. Right. Uh, you, what they'd suggest, and I did it, is you put a T-shirt on that you've worn so that at least they're yes. comforted by... Because I've uh, always the, assumed it would be really cold there, down in the hold, you know, but I presume no, they have to um, keep it slightly evident, warm. Evidently and... not, but of course the poor dog's very confused. We, we, we opted against the drug option. Some people suggest you sedate the dog, but dogs don't like being sedated. Anyway, uh, so Stan came off the other end. Uh, oh, by the way, when we checked the dog into quarantine, there's this uh, cargo worker guy at Delta Airlines. He mm. goes, where are you heading with your dog? I go, um, well, we're going back to, uh, where we, to our home in uh, London. And he goes, what, with the dog? I go, yeah. <laughs> ah, quarantine. He didn't do the crime, but he's going to do the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that's, and so, of course, we had to get her back. And she uh, had to go straight into quarantine for six months. And do you pick her up at the airport? Because I had this thing with a cat. No. I, we brought a cat back from New York when I first moved back to England. And we sent the cat actually on ahead uh, because it worked out better that way somehow. So she went, I had to drive the cat out to Kennedy. Uh, in its own little, you know, pets yep. uh, carrier, yep. and then it was picked up at the other end by the quarant- by the kennel. Yeah, yeah, where... you can't pick the dog up. You can't pick your animal up right. yourself. That has to be the quarantine. People. Okay, yeah. So they do all that, and they get all the paperwork and everything else. But I mean, I seem to remember it was quite expensive as well. So, so yeah, five five grand it was five Blimey. grand for six months. Five grand for six months accommodation. And you got no choice in that, have you? 
Um, no, you don't have any choice. And uh, Henrietta, I was working at the Daily Mirror then, and uh, but Henrietta used to go and see Stan every day, <laughs> every afternoon. Well, I'm and sit with her in this cage. That's but they're dedication. never allowed out of their sort of ten foot square cage. Yeah. Never allowed out, not even for a little walk. Right. Well, I guess now that we've all been in quarantine, or people have claimed yes, that we've been in quarantine, quarantine, we can in have the news, we can it? have some kind of uh, a sense of, uh, of of sort of sharing. However. As I keep saying to people, when you're in quarantine, you can't go out for a walk. You can't go out uh, to the park. You can't go out and ride your bike. You can't go to work. So don't tell me you've been in quarantine. But so where did you find out where Stanley came from? Uh, she Well, we, we got vague. Um, this lady who uh, was actually English, but she'd lived in uh, L.A. for 30 years. Mm. She, her name was Gold, Joey Goldsmith. I don't know why I remember that. Yeah. But she used to get loads of rescue dogs, often for... Uh, famous stars and stuff. Right. So we learned from. She, I said, "You got any idea where Stan came from?" She said, "Well, there was some indication that she may have uh, lived in North Hollywood." So, so let's let's j- just say this. I'm not, not saying this with any prejudice or bias, but uh, Stanley did manage to uh, move uh, to a superior postcode. Put it that way. <laughs> uh, and then when we got North to, Hollywood, not particularly salubrious. Yeah, and then to London N1, Islington, where we then lived, mm. uh, where she lived a very, very happy life for the rest of her life. She was about 14, 15. Okay. And, I mean, I, I, I don't want to turn this into a, a maudlin situation, but, I mean, we've all known people who have had dogs that died, and um, yeah. I'm not sure if I'm going to be brave enough to tell the Tim Miles story. I may not, uh, obviously. <laughs> I think perhaps... <laughs> perhaps it's best not to do that one. But, but I mean, uh, it's a very sad moment for any dog owner when the dog dies. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I um, someone was asking. Oh yeah, so a friend of mine has literally just got a puppy uh, for him and his, well, for his kids. Yeah, uh, his two little kids, and him and his wife are very excited about it too. But he's never had one, so he's asking me. He said, well, "What happens when they die?" I said, uh, "When they die, you die a little. It's yeah. horrible." I mean, I've taken a few dogs now to the vet for that final uh, injection, and when you when you do it, you know, you, people say, "Oh, you're playing God." I wish we could play. God with our human uh, loved ones because every time I put a dog down, I've had in no doubt that it was the kind thing to do. The dog was in distress. But having said that, they put that, they put a, it's not an injection, it's a sort of, they put a tube in and and they pump the uh, chemical in and and your dog just slowly, quietly drifts away and it's the most heartbreaking uh, few seconds that you've ever had in your life. And then you come come out of the vet uh, and you sort of stare into space and think, what the hell just happened? And our dog Dottie, who we had to do that to um, uh, a couple of years ago because she suddenly got virulent cancer and was Mm. in real pain. we came out and I just said to Henry, so I said, that's it, I'm never getting a dog again. I can't, I can't take yeah. this anymore. About one week later, we had another dog. So, <laughs> well, so you do you, have to get back on the horse. Well, you sort of do because you're so used to having them around. I mean, I think I said this to you in, in the, the first podcast we did where, you know, um, we love to take it, take Ziggy if we can away on holiday with us because whenever we go, away, no matter how nice it is, and we do, you know, quite a few of the foreign sort of holidays, or we did, I don't even know if that we're ever going to do that again at this point, but, you know, flying off to Greece or to Spain and getting a villa or staying in a nice hotel. Yeah. But at some point or other, we all sit around like absolute dopes, staring at videos and pictures of the dog, you know. <laughs> Despite what's going on around you, no matter how many lovely cocktails there are, no matter how beautiful uh, the, 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 the island is and the, the sea and how blue it is, 
we're all like looking at pictures of Ziggy going, we really miss Ziggy. And so, you. you know, you're just, you can't, once you've had a dog in the house, I don't think you could not have a dog in the house. You know what I mean? Yeah, dogs are great to take on holiday because they kind of get it. They get excited by mm. it. Oh, this is, this is a new environment. Oh, I've yeah. been in this house before, this right. hotel. Uh, we took um, Chasbo. Um, uh, we drove down to the south of France two years ago. Right. Uh, and... Uh, we were on the. And they're um, quite big on dogs in France, aren't they? They don't we mind were on you the bringing them to places. Yeah, I know. No, they are. It was so, <laughs> just he's, so you know, like people in the south of France, the Riviera, they all try and be stylish oh, and yeah. cool. And so we were trying to do that at various sort of promenades, seaside yeah. uh, drinking places and restaurants. <laughs> There's this lunatic dog every three minutes. <laughs> motorbike goes past, howling away, right. trying to nick people's food. Right. Um, uh, but uh, so so you try to change your behaviour when you go to these uh, exotic places. Uh, dogs don't. Dogs don't. No. But also, I mean, they're quite they're quite happy for you to bring the dog into the restaurant a lot of these places. Aren't they? Yeah, they're great. I mean, you know, the Negresso, the hotel there. Yeah, very, I stayed there on my honeymoon. Hotel. Yeah, well, we we um we were walking down the promenade and uh, a rare bit of bad weather um, came r- um, rushing in and suddenly it was about to absolutely piss down with rain. So I went to the, I said, look, there's an aggressor. <laughs> so we went up, I said, okay, do the dog uh, to come into the concierge? She says, yeah, oui, monsieur, maybe bien sûr, you know. And, and then, so we went that, that then went through to the very flashy cocktail bar you know where a, a, a sort of vodka and tonic was yeah. about 20 euros right. and um uh so they brought our drinks and nuts and things like that and a, and a sort of silver salver kind of bowl for right. the dog and the dog was and i like that about the french they they, they don't have that barrier no if people in in britain they go oh you can't bring your dog in here you can't, oh, people are eating yeah right so what so what yeah well so is the dog and if you're not careful yeah. you're gonna be eating <laughs> what you're eating it's gonna be yes. up on the table my my in the rescue experience was slightly different i went there uh when i first the first night of my honeymoon we had had this kind of week of celebrating uh, in new york and got married in new york gone off to um uh, the Carlisle Hotel, I think it was, for the night, and then had another yeah. boozy lunch before flying to Nice um, during the day. Got to Nice kind of overnight, arrived absolutely knackered, um, really didn't sleep much on the plane, hung over, got to the Negresco. A friend of mine who knew the place well had got me. I could only afford to spend, at that time, when we're talking 1987, I think yeah. it was 400 quid for a room that didn't face the sea. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and so, but a mate of mine had somehow got us upgraded to this beautiful suite, which opened French sort of French window style out onto the Boulevard des Anglais, and we arrived, Amazing. and we were like just wanted to get to bed, and the manager was like, oh, "Monsieur, yes, uh, your friend has helped us." Oh, you know, you gave me this bed. I said, "We're really keen to go to bed." He says, "Oh, yes, because you are honeymooners." I said, "No, no, no, we just yeah, want to sleep." You know. <laughs> anyway, so we went finally got into the room, and I was and it was a beautiful four poster bed. We just crashed out, and I was vaguely aware of sort of people coming in and out, and when we woke up several hours later there was all this kind of fruit bottles of champagne you know this all of this kind of you know uh, oysters things to keep you going during your love fest um and which of course hadn't happened and we walked out thought we'd go for a little drive see what monte carlo looks like and the same guy was in the lobby and he says oh monsieur graham he says you are going out for a rest now and I'm like, no, we haven't been doing anything. We've just been sleeping, you mad <laughs> French his, maniac. Raising his eyebrows yeah. knowingly. But it was a fantastic hotel. But we only stayed there one night because it was literally all we could afford to do. But, um, but yeah, I mean, taking dogs on holiday uh, can be very uh, tricky. I mean, presumably Chasbo has uh, embarrassed you on more than one occasion. Oh, very much so. In various uh, parts I mean, of the world. When we were down um, 
Uh, well, Francis is only um, foreign foray, but we've taken him to lots of seaside places in Britain. But when we were down in the south of France uh, two years ago, it was a World Cup, and it was England's first game. Oh, yeah. And, was that down in sort uh, of Marseille or somewhere? Well, yeah, or was it? I, mean, I can't remember where it was, but I, 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 I was uh, watching it on telly mm. in the uh, villa that we were staying in, and it was five minutes to kick off. Henrietta comes in and says, "Chaz has escaped. He got out." <laughs> <laughs> so you know, there are occasions. It's only happened to me very rarely, but sometimes I think that you can put such uh, inflection into your voice. That even the dog gets it. Right. Thinks, oh, I better play oh, yeah. play the game here. So I went out into the street and I was looking in other gardens and, you know, kind of looking through hedges. <laughs> and then I'm thinking I'm going to miss the bloody game. <laughs> so, so, so I suddenly, at the top of my voice, went, "Trash! If you don't get it now, I'm going to kill you." And then, so <laughs> and uh, and suddenly, sort of sheepishly, you know, this long nose came out right. of a nearby bush, right. and he just sort of wandered over right. to me, well, realizing that there are moments when even a dog like yeah. him has to uh, play the game and do what he's told. Yeah, but then so they look like, at you like, off. calm down. You know, I was only in a bush. You know, it's not that difficult. <laughs> yeah, right. But they do. They give you that you look. Then? Don't they? they do give you that look. I mean, I've had that with Ziggy, where you've been out with him. And he's done something because he's he's now very mature. I mean, he's now like he behaves a bit like an old dog because he's six. Yeah. But until he was about four or five, he would literally just run after anything. He would chase things. He would, you know, he was completely un, untrainable, effectively. Um, and then when you caught up with him in a rage, as I sometimes did, he'd just look at me like, "What's wrong with you? I'm a dog. This is what yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. You know, why are you getting yeah. so worked up? Why do you? Why, why do you think? I mean, you think I'm going to sit here? When there's something running over there that I'm not going to chase, what's wrong with you? You're an idiot. And they're very, it's a great leveler, you know, because you yeah. kind of go, actually, I'm being a bit of a twat here. You know, I mean, I'm being an idiot. You know, why don't I just let the dog do what he wants? Yeah, well, I, uh, going back to Stanley, uh, uh, we were up in Suffolk once, and Stan uh, was a great chaser after other creatures, like they all seem to be. Yeah. Stan was just rabid about that. And uh, he, she'd, she'd um, disappeared into these huge cornfields. And you just couldn't see her. So she'd literally disappear for three hours. And we were standing there going, Stan, Stan, Stan. Henrietta's crying. We've lost the dog. We'll never get her back. And then, after, you know, literally after about three, three and a half hours, you know, out of the cornfield comes this dog, looks around the corner, where the hell have you been? And he's got, she's got this feeling, what? What's up with you? What? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> Chill out. Yeah, keep anyway, listen, on. Um, another another podcast is coming to an end. We've got some exciting news about the next one we're about to do, though, Kevin. Yes, we have. Well, we want to get uh, not only celebrities, but we want to get guests on to come and talk about their dogs. But, of course, celebrities are always important. And, and uh, you know a lot of celebrities, don't you? Uh, well, I know a few, yeah. Um, and next week, our celebrity guest, uh, who is a besotted, r- relatively new dog owner, is Eamon Holmes, who's going to tell us all about... His beloved mutt, Maggie. Fantastic. We'll see you next week. We'll be 
be back next week with some more dog stories, shaggy dog stories and just general dog stories. But uh, if you've got any questions for us, well, we've got a new Twitter account that you can post the questions on. Kevin, tell them what it is. At Dogma the Podcast. 